What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Joey Maylari. So tomorrow is the MLB Draft. Rounds 1 and 2 will be held tomorrow night on MLB Network in ESPN. I'm going to give you a breakdown of every pick of the first round, including every one of the competitive balance picks, which are currently picks 30 through 39 for this year's draft. So I'll give you a breakdown of all of that, give you guys insight to each player, all their stats, how they've played over the last few years, where they played high school ball for the high school players, where they played college ball for the college players, if they played in the Cape Cod League. I'll give you some insight into every player. Uh, and just before I get into doing so, I'll give you a breakdown of all the rounds. So rounds one and two will be tomorrow on ESPN and MLB Network starting at 7 o'clock. Then on Monday, rounds 3 through 10 will be live-streamed on MLB.com. And then on Tuesday, rounds 11 through 20 will once again be live-streamed on MLB.com. So as I said, rounds one and two tomorrow night at 7 p.m. That will be Sunday. I'll give you a breakdown of all of the picks that I think will happen in the first round. I'm going to be off with a lot of these probably. If I get a few right, that'll be a win. It's just fun to do this and get to know a lot of the prospects in this year's draft. So one thing that I want to mention before I start is each team's bonus pool money, which the MLB allots each team a certain amount of money they can spend on all of their draft picks. You can go over the amount that you are given, but ultimately if you do go over that, you could face a penalty. And if you spend... Over 0 to 5%, you pay a 75% tax on the overage, according to MLB.com. At higher thresholds, though, teams will lose future first-round picks and a 75% tax for surpassing their pool by more than 5 to 10%. So that's why teams really do get very picky with how much money they're going to give each player, especially in the first few rounds because they want to save money for players later on in the draft so they can hopefully sign those guys. So... In 11 drafts with bonus pool rules, this is according to MLB.com, clubs have outspent their allotments for a total of 195 times, but never by more than 5%. The Cubs, Cardinals, Dodgers, and Giants have done so every year. And one interesting thing to note was last year's draft in the 2022 draft, there were 23 teams which tied the record for the most teams that outspent their pool money in a single year. So 23 of 30 teams last year outspent it. So let me give you a breakdown of the bonus pool money by club, the Pirates have sixteen million, just about sixteen million one hundred eighty-five thousand. Tigers are at fifteen million seven hundred forty-seven thousand. Nationals are at fourteen and a half million. Twins are at fourteen point three million. Athletics are at fourteen point two million. Reds are at thirteen point seven five million or thirteen point eight seven five million. I apologize. Mariners are at thirteen point one seven million. Marlins are at twelve point eight million. Royals at twelve point three million. Rockies at eleven point nine million. Diamondbacks at eleven million. Brewers at 10.9 million, Rays at 10.8 million, Orioles at 10.5 million, Red Sox at 10.295 million, the Rangers are at 9.925 million, Giants are at 9.91 million, White Sox are at 9 million, Cubs are at 8.9 million, Guardians are at 8.7 million, Mets are at 8.4 million, Braves are at 8.3 million, Angels are at 8.3 million, Dodgers are at 7.2 million, Astros are at 6.7 million. Blue Jays are at 6.5 million, Cardinals at 6.3 million, Padres at 5.4 million, Yankees are at 5.2 million, and the Phillies are at 5.1 million dollars. That's how much each team has allotted to spend in bonus pool money, and most of the time teams will try to spend less money on their first round picks in hope of saving money for their draft picks they're going to draft later on. So this comes from MLBnetwork.com, and the way they put it, I think is the best way to say it, so that's why I'm going to say what they say. So MLB.com says each selection in the first 10 rounds comes with an assigned value with the total for a club's picks equaling what it can spend in those rounds without incurring a penalty. If a player taking in the top 10 rounds doesn't sign, his choices value gets subtracted from his team's pool. Clubs near the top of the draft often spend less than the assigned value for those choices and use the savings for, to offer more money to latest selections to hopefully ultimately make those guys sign. That's why you offer more, more money to guys who draft maybe in the third and fourth round to try to make them not go back to college if they're still in college and can go back for the senior year or if the high school players to try to get them to decommit from their college and ultimately sign with the major league club. So we'll see what happens in this year's draft and who signs and how much money. Now I'll give you a breakdown of my entire mock draft, starting off with the first overall pick, which is held by the Pittsburgh Pirates. I have Paul Skeens, a right-handed pitcher from LSU, who's 21 years old, 6'6", 235-pound right-handed pitcher. I have him going first overall to Pittsburgh. Skeens' fastball averaged 98 miles per hour this past season and topped out at 102. Very good slider as well. Has a great power changeup that he also mixes in. 
with the speed of a fastball. It's interesting. His power changeup is at 88 to 93 miles an hour, but has a great break to it at the end. So it comes in like a fastball, but breaks right as it gets to the dish. He played a couple years at Air Force before transferring to LSU. Also played first base and pitched for Air Force. Only pitched, though, for LSU. His freshman year at Air Force had 11 home runs, 43 RBIs, and a 410 batting average with a 697 slugging percentage and an 1183 OPS. His sophomore year at Air Force, 13 home runs, 38 RBIs, 314 as a batting average with a 1046 OPS. He hit 99 with his fastball and stayed around 93 to 95 in his sophomore year at Air Force. But then uh, going to LSU, started focusing on just his pitching and became dominant just focusing in that part of the game. And according to MLB.com, as I said, 93 to 95 mile per hour fastball as a sophomore. And now he obviously sits around 98 and tops out at 102 as a junior at LSU. He definitely could be a power hitter at the next level as well. I'm interested to see if he will be a hitter at the next level. He's obviously capable of doing so, I think. At LSU this past season, he had a 1.69 ERA, which was number one in NCAA baseball, and a 12-2 record with 209 strikeouts, which was also number one in all college baseball, and 122.2 innings pitched, with a .75 whip, which was also number one in NCAA baseball. He was the Dick Hauser Trophy recipient, given to the most outstanding player in NCAA baseball. Moving on now to the second overall pick, his teammate, I have Dylan Cruz, an outfielder from LSU, a six-foot 205-pound outfielder from LSU who's 21 years old. I have him going to the Washington Nationals with the second overall selection. Cruz was the National Freshman of the Year in 2021, also the SEC Player of the Year in 2023. Plus-plus hitter with plus power, patient at the plate, led NCAA baseball with walks this past season with 71. All-around talent who reached base in all 71 games this season for the National Champion LSU Tigers. 71 of 71 games he reached base safely in which is very impressive. Credit to Cruz and Skeens, the closest 1A and 1B draft we've had in some years. There is some buzz, though, around Wyatt Langford, who I'm going third overall to potentially go first. We'll see, but I think it's between Cruz and Skeens for the first and second overall picks. Would it be surprised if Skeens goes one and then Langford goes two and Cruz goes three? That's what ultimately I think could happen, but I do think Skeens will go first overall. Cruz this year, though, for LSU, 18 home runs with a 70 RBI total, with a 426 batting average, a 567 on base percentage, a 1280 OPS with six stolen bases, and 100 runs scored in 71 games. He also had 46 strikeouts to 71 walks in three years at LSU, 58 total home runs with a 380 batting average and an 1187 OPS. Obviously very impressive at the plate, 25 more walks than he had strikeouts. He was also the Golden Spikes Award winner this past season, which is given to the top amateur baseball player in the United States based on their athletic ability, sportsmanship, character, and overall contribution to the sport. And that comes from the NCAA website. So now with the third overall pick, it is the Detroit Tigers selecting there at that spot. And I have them taking Wyatt Langford, an outfielder from Florida, who is 21 years old, standing at 6'1", 225 pounds. Langford was a catcher and third baseman in high school, now a left fielder in college this past season for Florida. He had a 1284 OPS this past season for the Gators, who actually lost in the College World Series Finals to LSU. His 1284 OPS was 10th best in NCAA baseball. Very raw power will get up in the majors rather quickly, like Cruz and Skeens. I'd say within a year and a half, all three of those guys will be on MLB clubs. In total this year, Link for the 21 home runs with a 373 batting average, 57 RBIs, a 784 slugging percentage. Overall this season, Langford totaled 44 strikeouts to 56 walks, so he had 12 more walks than strikeouts. Overall, in the past two years, he had 47 home runs, which is very impressive. With the fourth overall pick, it is the Texas Rangers selecting at this spot. This team is a powerhouse already for the next few years, having Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon under contract for some time. Obviously, Jacob DeGrom did get hurt this year, but he's a guy they'll have back after this upcoming season. They'll have Jack Leiter up in the next year or so. They'll have, I believe, in the next probably two to three years now, with his injury, unfortunately, making him miss some time. Kumar Rocker will be up, I believe, within the next two to three years. They have a lot of talent coming up. Their rotation is going to be good for years to come, I believe. Obviously, Nate Evaldi, Cy Young candidate this year for the AL. We'll see if he stays. I think he has one year left after this year ends. I believe he signed a two-year, $34 million deal with Texas. We'll see what happens. I have them taking another pitcher in this year's draft, and I have them taking Rhett Lauder, a right-handed pitcher from Wake Forest, who is 21 years old, standing at six foot two, 200 pounds. His fastball sits at 93 to 95, maxes out at 97 with a very strong and dangerous changeup. 
This year, in 2023, he had a 14-0 record on the mound for Wake Forest with a 1.87 ERA and 19 starts, 143 strikeouts and 120.1 innings pitched. With a 208 opponent batting average, he was dominant for the number one national seed in the NCAA tournament. He was 11-3 with a 308 ERA in his sophomore year. He had a 6 ERA as a freshman, then a 308 ERA as a sophomore, and then this past year, a 187 ERA as a junior. This Rangers team has been very aggressive in going out and getting college arms and guys they think they could be in the MLB within a two to three year window. That's why I think Rhett Lauder would be a guy they could take here with the fourth overall selection. And as I mentioned, they've taken college pitches in the first round in each of the last two seasons. Jack Leiter out of Vanderbilt and then Kumar Raka out of Vanderbilt and then the Independent League last year after he was drafted in the first round by the New York Mets of 2021. Ultimately did not sign due to his physical and then he ended up going into the Independent League and was drafted top five in 2022 which beats his selection which I believe he was top 10 in the 2021 draft. So they've been able to find guys at the top of the draft to strengthen their rotation for years to come. And as I did mention, Kumar Rock, who they did select in last year's draft, did undergo Tommy John surgery in base. So he's going to miss some time. With the fifth overall pick, uh, the Minnesota Twins taking Walker Jenkins, a high school outfielder from South Brunswick, North Carolina, who was 18 years old, standing at 6'3", 210 pounds. He was Gatorade's North Carolina Player of the Year in both 2022 and 2023. He did have a handmade injury that hindered his draft process a little bit, so we'll see if that does affect where he goes in the draft. As a junior in 2022, he appeared in 30 games, hitting 527 with 10 home runs, 40 RBIs, 18 stolen bases, and a 1660 OPS. As a senior, he hit 417 for a batting average with a 1265 OPS. Very good contact hitter and will be a star to come in the MLB one day. With the sixth overall pick, Max Clark, a high school shortstop from Franklin, Indiana, an 18-year-old 6-foot, 190-pound prospect. I have going to the Oakland Athletics. Very good speed. His best attribute overall, I would say, is his speed. He does have a strong arm as well. I would say Jenkins, who I have going fifth overall, has better power. But I think Clark has more speed and better arm strength. In the 2023 season, in his high school season for Franklin, high school in 28 games, he hit 646 for a batting average with six home runs, five triples, an 808 on base percentage, a 1215 slugging percentage with a 2.023 OPS, a 2023 OPS with just five strikeouts to 52 walks. He walked 47 more times than he struck out. In his current high school, he played 82 games with a 551 batting average, a 713 on base percentage with a 1741 OPS, 21 home runs, and 95 RBIs. Clark also did play football in high school. He told 48 catches for 961 yards and eight touchdowns in two years. He did play basketball his first two years of high school as well. So obviously he's a very good athlete. With the seventh overall pick, I have the Cincinnati Reds taking Noble Meyer, a high school right-handed pitcher from Jesuit High School in Oregon. He is 18 years old, standing at 6'5", 185 pounds. Meyer's fastball gets up to 98, 97 miles an hour. He's only 18 years old, so I believe he'll put on even more muscle and put on even more speed over the next few years. He's a top right-handed prep prospect in this year's draft out of pitches. Since he is so young, there is a lot of risk in taking a high school player this early, but I think his slider and his fastball definitely makes him a candidate to go very high. Very dangerous slider which is his favorite off-speed pitch. He had a 10-1 record in 31 games this past season for Jesuit High. He played in 31 games overall. Not sure of how many games he did play in as a pitcher, but he did also hit. So 31 games total. He had a 10-1 record overall on the mound with a .33 ERA with 128 strikeouts and 19 walks and 63 innings pitched. He also hit as a player for the Jesuit High team in Oregon. He had a 373 batting average with five home runs, 27 RBIs, a 488 on base percentage, and a 720 slugging percentage this past season. He did lead his team to the Class 6A state final this past year. So now moving on to the eighth overall selection, it is the Kansas City Royals, and I have them taking Kyle Tail, a 6'1", 190-pound, 21-year-old catcher from the University of Virginia. Very athletic catcher. Did play some outfield as well in college, plus arm and great IQ. He hit 407 this past year for Virginia with a 655 slugging percentage and 1130 OPS with 13 home runs and 69 RBIs. The best overall catcher in this year's draft. With the ninth overall selection, I have the Rockies taking Arjun Namala, a shortstop from Strawberry Crest High School. He is 17 years old, 6'1", 170-pound shortstop. 
Raw power, strong arm. He's a Florida State commit. He has plus grades in power and arm strength. He had a 479 batting average this past season with six home runs, three triples, 29 runs batted in, a 904 slugging percentage, and a 1477 OPS. Very good overall talent. And just 17 years old, one of the youngest players in the SCS draft. I have him going ninth overall to the Rockies. With a 10th overall pick, it is the Miami Marlins. I have them taking Chase Dolander, a 21-year-old right-handed pitcher from Tennessee, who stands at 6'2", 200 pounds. His fastball sits around 95 to 97, tops out at 99. As a sophomore for Tennessee, he had a 2.39 ERA. As a junior this past season, he sat at 4.75 for his ERA in 17 starts, with 120 strikeouts in 89 innings pitched. Dolander does have a very good slider as well that he does like to go to that sits around mid to upper 80s, tops out at 91 overall in velo. Very good pitcher, MLB ready. I'd say he's going to be in the MLB within a year and a half, and that's why some teams would take him even earlier. It's been prevalent over the last year or two now, which the Angels now have been doing this a lot now over the past couple of seasons. They're drafting guys early in the first round that are MLB ready, that don't really take as much time to, to develop, that'll be on the Major League roster within a year or two, just so they could try to compete even more with Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. And that's what teams are starting to do. They're starting to find guys earlier in the draft that are MLB ready, so they can get to their MLB roster earlier rather than sooner. Guys that are less of a project and will take less time to develop. And Dolander is another one of those guys. Speaking of the Angels with the 11th overall pick, it is the LA Angels picking there. They're looking for the most MLB ready and polished prospects to compete with Mike Trout and hopefully Shohei Otani if they're able to keep him and bring him back on a new contract. If they do take a pitch, I think it could be Chase Dolander if he's there. It could also be Hurston Waldrip as well if they were to go a pitcher with that 11th overall pick. I have them taking a shortstop, though, in Jacob Wilson from Grand Canyon University, who stands at 6'3", 190 pounds. He's 21 years old. Also could play third base, which he did as a freshman. Very good arm. Six home runs, 61 RBIs, a 4'12 batting average to go along with a 1096 OPS with four triples this past season for Grand Canyon. He's a pure hitter who also played for Orleans in the Cape League last year. He had one home run with four RBIs, a 770 OPS, and a 278 batting average last year for Orleans. And as I did mention, the Angels are looking for guys that are MLB ready, that can crack their major league roster within a couple of years. That's what they did with Zach Neto in the first round last year. That's what they did with Ben Joyce, a relief pitcher that they took in last year's draft. They're trying to find guys that are going to crack their roster within the first few seasons. And that's what you've seen, even with Sam Bachman, a relief pitcher for them. They've been looking for guys that can be on their major league roster within the first few seasons. And I think Jacob Wilson could crack their major league roster within a year or two. I would say two years is more realistic. I don't think he'll be like a Zach Neto and only play maybe 30 games at the minor league level before being called up. So I'll say within two years, he'll be on the major league roster for the LA Angels. With the 12th overall pick, it is the Arizona Diamondbacks. I have them taking Matt Shaw, a shortstop from Maryland, who stands at 5'11", 185 pounds. He's 21 years old. Pure power with very good speed as well. One of the best hitters in all of college baseball this past season. He can play second, third base, and outfield, which he played as a freshman. He played outfield primarily, though, a shortstop this past season. But he can play second and third base as well. He hit 24 home runs this past year as a junior. As a sophomore, he hit 22. This past year as a junior, though, had 69 runs batted in with 18 stolen bases and a 341 batting average to go along with a 697 slugging percentage and an 1142 OPS. He is from Massachusetts, so he's one of the top prospects from Massachusetts over the last couple of years. He did play in the Cape League for Bourne this past year. He was the MVP last year for the Bourne Braves, the MVP in all of the Cape League, which is very good and obviously a very high uh, praise there if you are given that MVP award, considering how many first-round picks do play in the Cape League, which I'm going to mention a good amount, and you can hear a ton of guys that did play in the Cape League over the past year. But last year in the 2022 season, Shaw was the MVP. He had five home runs with 21 stolen bases and a 360 batting average that last season for the Bourne Braves. He did win the batting champ as well and was also part of that Bourne Braves team that did win the Cape League this past year. So now moving on to the 13th overall selection, and that is the Chicago Cubs, who I have taken Braden Taylor, a 21-year-old, 6'1", 180-pound third baseman from TCU. He was a Cape All-Star in 2021, was the Big 12 freshman of the year that year as well. Probably not enough speed to play the middle infield position 
in the MLB or in the professionals, whether it's the minor leagues or the MLB. So he'll probably stay at third base, I'd imagine, at the next level. This past year for TCU, he had 23 home runs with 70 RBIs and 14 stone bases. His speed is definitely a good attribute of his, which had 39 stone bases in three years uh, for TCU. Only one caught steal over those three years. This past season, he had a 1061 OPS with a 308 batting average for the Horned Frogs. With the 14th overall pick, it is the Boston Red Sox, who I have taken Hurston Waldrop, a 6'2", 210-pound right-handed pitcher from Florida. He's 21 years old, has a fastball that goes between 95 to 99 miles an hour, a sweeping slider that gets swings and misses as well. Could definitely struggle with control. His walks were up over the last couple seasons. He started at Southern Miss for the first two years of his career, had a 3.2 ERA as a sophomore for Southern Miss before transferring for his junior year to the University of Florida, where he had a 10-3 record on the mound in 19 starts with a 4.16 ERA and a 1.397 whip. He had 156 strikeouts in 101 and two-thirds innings pitched this past year for the Gators with five walks per nine innings pitched, but did have 13.8 strikeouts per nine innings pitched, which is very impressive. Obviously, he's a guy that has to figure things out with control, but his speed is obviously there in velocity with 95 to 99 as his fastball and a very good slider as well. He just has to get control down and which he can work on that at the next level, hopefully in the minor leagues. Next up is the 15th overall pick, and that is the Chicago White Sox, who I have taken Colin Houck, a high school shortstop from Parkview, Georgia. He is six foot two, 190 pounds and 18 years old. He does go to the high school that Matt Olson went to, so obviously they've had some success with guys getting drafted and being successful at the major league level. For Houck, very strong arm. He did play quarterback in high school this past season. As a senior, he had 24 touchdowns to 9 interceptions with 63 passing touchdowns in three full years as the starter there. As a baseball player, though, as a senior, he had a 487 batting average with 50 runs batted at the end. Three triples, eight home runs, and an 857 slugging percentage with a 1446 OPS and 16 stone bases. As a junior, he had 15 home runs. So his last two seasons, he had 23 home runs total. Does a very raw power with great speed as well. I think he could be a steal in this year's draft. With the 16th overall pick, I have the San Francisco Giants taking Enrique Bradfield Jr., an outfielder from Vanderbilt, who is 6'1", 170 pounds, and 21 years old. Best speed in the draft, I'd say. He was the best speed as well in the 2020 draft, but he was a hard Vanderbilt commit and ultimately was not taken in the first round where he would have gone. But as I said, he was a hard Vanderbilt commit, so teams often will just not draft a guy if they know they're going to go to college no matter where they're selected, and that's what happened with Bradfield Jr. as a high school senior in the 2020 draft. Definitely could have been drafted in the first round, but ultimately went to Vanderbilt for three seasons where he was successful. His speed is his best attribute. He had 47 stolen bases this past season for Vanderbilt to go along with 46 stolen bases and 38 stolen bases in the other two seasons. So overall, in three seasons at Vanderbilt, 47, 46, and 38 stolen bases. He was first and second in NCAA baseball in the 2022 and 2023 seasons in stolen bases. This past season for Vanderbilt, he had a 279 batting average with six home runs, 34 RBIs with an 839 OPS to go along with 40 strikeouts to 45 walks. Also has a 70 field grade, so he's a good fielder as well. Dangerous speed, which I already noted, an 80 out of 80 speed grade, which is very impressive. 40 strikeouts to 45 walks, so he walked more times than he struck out. And also added in 11 triples over three seasons for the Commodores. With the 17th overall pick, it is the Baltimore Orioles who I have taken Bryce Eldridge, a six foot seven, two hundred twenty three pound first baseman and right handed pitcher. He is eighteen years old from Madison, Virginia. The Baltimore Orioles have the best farm system in baseball to go along with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Those two teams just have been stacking up prospects over the last couple of seasons. As for the Dodgers, they find ways to spend big money and then also draft and develop prospects very well. As for the Orioles, though, they don't really spend as much money. So a lot of the talent they have coming up. And a lot of the talent they have on their current roster are guys they drafted and really developed in their minor league system. So with this 17th overall selection, this will be another guy, hopefully, 
that goes through this system and has a successful minor league career before jumping into the majors. And I have Bryce Eldridge going to them with the 17th overall pick, a two-way stud talent who throws 95 to 96 miles an hour on the mound, a great slider and a solid changeup as well, very raw power at the plate with good arm strength on the field, decent fielder as well at first base, Virginia player of the year this past season. He was 9-0 on the mound with a 1.06 ERA with 66 strikeouts and 39 two-thirds innings pitched. At the plate, a 422 batting average with eight home runs, 23 RBIs, a 649 on base percentage, and a 716 OPS. So very impressive stats there on the mound. And then also in the baddest box as well there for Eldridge. I think he could be a stale of the draft. With the 18th overall pick, I have the Milwaukee Brewers taking Brock Wilkin, a third baseman from Wake Forest, who stands at six foot four, 225 pounds. He is 21 years old. Wilkin has a 60 out of 80 power grade with a 65 out of 80 arm grade. He could play first base as well. He was the Cape League MVP as a freshman in 2021 for Harwich. He played in 2021 for Wake Forest and played in the Cape League in 2021 as well, where he was the MVP of the Cape League. Uh, very young, obviously, winning the Cape League as just a freshman going into a sophomore year of college. This past year, he had 69 walks for Wake Forest, which was third in college baseball. He had 31 home runs this past year for Wake Forest with a 345 batting average and 807 slugging percentage with a 13-13 OPS to go along with 82 RBIs. Overall, in his career in three seasons, he had 71 home runs with a 289 batting average and a 1018 OPS over his career there for the Demon Deacons. Very impressive player, and I think is going to be one of the guys that falls in the draft that ultimately becomes one of those guys that's a gem that falls in the first round due to whatever the reason may be. I think his speed, obviously, is something that you can look at and be saying that is definitely a negative. But if you look at his power, though, and if you look at his ability on the field with arm strength, I think that should be something that gets him drafted in the top 20, even though, as I said, not going to really be great around the diamond fielding-wise or as a base stealer, but his arm strength is there and his power is there as well. Could play first base or third base at the next level, and it's very patient at the plate. I like him to be a steal of the draft. With the 19th overall pick, it is a Tampa Bay Rays, and they find talent everywhere the Rays, so they're going to find somebody good in this year's draft with the 19th overall pick. I have them taking Yoandi Morales, a six foot four, 225-pound, 21-year-old third baseman from the University of Miami. He has raw power, which is at 60 out of 80 as a power grade by most of the scouts on MLB.com. He was a former shortstop that ends up making the move to third base. Overall, elite arm strength at third base. Projects to be a corner infielder at the next level, whether it's first base or third base. He had 20 home runs, 70 RBIs, and a 408 batting average with a 713 slugger percentage and an 1187 OPS this past season. For the Hurricanes offense, in 2021, he did play for Wareham in the Cape League, where he hit 182 with no home runs. He did struggle there, but in three years for the University of Miami, he had 49 total home runs with 134 RBIs total with a 343 batting average in his career. Very impressive numbers there overall for Morales. With the 20th overall pick, it is a Toronto Blue Jays, who I have taken Nolan Chanuel, a six foot four, 220-pound First baseman slash outfielder from Florida Atlantic University. Shanuel is 21 years old. He hit three home runs this past year against Florida. Strong power, good for average as well. One of the best college bats in this year's draft. He had 19 home runs this past season uh, for the Florida Atlantic offense with 64 RBIs, 14 strikeouts to 71 walks, which is very impressive. They did 57 more walks than strikeouts. He had a 447 batting average with a 615 on base percentage, an 868 slugging percentage, and a 1483 OPS. Also did get hit by 18 pitches this past season at Florida Atlantic. In total, in 36 games for Hyannis last summer, he hit just one home run and hit 236 games. Did struggle there, but overall in his career at Florida Atlantic was very impressive with 46 total home runs over three seasons with 176 RBIs to go along with the 386 batting average. And a 516 on base percentage. Overall in his career, 57 strikeouts to 138 walks, which is unreal. And a 1215 OPS in his career there for Florida Atlantic. Very impressive prospect. And he'll be a great draft pick no matter where he goes. One of the guys in the draft that I'm most excited to see where he ends up. Mainly because of how patient and great of a contact hitter he is at the plate. And then he also shows very good power as well. With the 21st overall pick, it is the St. Louis Cardinals who I've taken Tommy Troy, who is a 5'10", 197-pound, 21-year-old shortstop from Stanford. Quick speed. 
Consistent hitter at the dish as well. Not as patient as you'd want, though, at the plate. He did have two very good seasons in the Cape League where he hit four home runs, 19 RBIs, and a 299 batting average with an 842 OPS in one year. And then in another year, he had five home runs with 20 RBIs, a 310 batting average, and a 917 OPS. Overall, this past season for Stanford, he had 17 home runs with 58 RBIs, 17 stolen bases, a 394 batting average to go along with a 689 slugging percentage and an 1177 OPS. Very impressive stats there for Troy, a guy that definitely will be selected in the first round. So next up is the Seattle Mariners, who have the 22nd overall pick. They are the first team with three first-round picks since San Diego had three first-round picks in 2016. With this pick at 22 overall, I have Seattle taking Blake Mitchell, an 18-year-old high school catcher from Sinton, Texas, who stands at 6'1", 202 pounds, has very elite pop time, 97 miles per hour is what he throws in the mound. Very good pop time behind the plate as well. Two-time Gatorade Player of the Year in Texas. Good curveball and changeup on the mound. Think he's going to be a catcher, though, at the next level. A 452 batting average with six home runs, 41 RBIs, 15 doubles, and 44 stolen bases this past season in high school with zero caught steals this past year. He had 52 stolen bases and 52 high school attempts in his career, which is very impressive. In 19 appearances on the mound in three years, he had five saves with five earned runs in 50 and two-thirds innings pitched to go along with 96 strikeouts in those 50 and two-thirds innings pitched with a 125 opponent batting average. Mitchell also played high school football as well in one year as a sophomore in 11 games. He had 82 total tackles. With the 23rd overall pick, it is a Cleveland Guardians who I have taken Kevin McGonagall, an 18-year-old high school shortstop from Monsignor Bonner High School in Pennsylvania. McGonagall stands at 5'10", 187 pounds. He's a 60 out of 80 hit grade. Probably will be a second baseman at the next level. He is an on-base machine, though. A 530 batting average this past year in high school with 22 RBIs, 6 home runs, a 690 base percentage with a 1045 slugging percentage, and a 1735 OPS to go along with 8 doubles and 4 triples in 3 years in high school. He had a 1094 slugging percentage with a 1653 OPS with 9 strikeouts to 75 walks. Nine strikeouts to 75 walks with 24 total home runs and a 498 batting average. Very impressive numbers there for McGonagall. Very young prospect as well, only 18 years old. With the 24th overall pick, I have the Atlanta Braves taking Johnny Farmello, a six foot two, 205 pound, 18 year old outfielder from Westfield High School in Virginia. High power. Great speed as well. Under the radar, I'd say, is his speed. 91 miles per hour is his velocity from the outfield, which is only going to get stronger considering he's only 18 years old. Has a 50 out of 80 grade in all five tools, but a 60 in run grade. He was a shortstop at high school. Is playing outfield this summer, I believe. He only had three games listed online with stats on maxpreps.com, where he was 5 for 10 in those three games with a 500 batting average, two home runs, two doubles, and a stolen base. He may not be drafted as high because there is a question of whether or not he'll go to Virginia no matter where he is drafted in this year's draft. So obviously that'll play a role in where he is selected. With the 25th overall pick, I have the San Diego Padres taking Dylan Head, a six foot, 185-pound, 18-year-old outfielder from Homewood, Flossmoor, Illinois. He is an 80 out of 80 run grade, a 60 out of 80 field grade. Great base stealer, which his speed definitely helps in the outfield as well. Not a big power bat, so his ability to steal bases and his fielding definitely will help him be drafted higher. He had a 486 batting average this past season in high school with six home runs, nine doubles, three triples, and 21 runs batted in with a 916 slugging percentage, a 1482 OPS, and 23 stolen bases. With a 26th overall pick, I have the New York Yankees taking Thomas White, a six foot five, 210 pound left-handed pitcher from Phillips Academy in Andover, Massachusetts. He is 18 years old and is the best Massachusetts high school prospect in the last two decades. His fastball sits around 97 to 98 as a left-handed pitcher that is very dangerous. According to MLB.com, he has a very high spin rate on his curveball as well. He can't struggle with command, though. He had a 1-1 one one record this past year for Phillips Academy with a .93 ERA and 31 strikeouts in 15 innings pitched. His career, he had 125 strikeouts in 58 and two-thirds innings pitched with a .6 ERA and a .063 opponent batting average against him, which is very impressive. 
Just about a week or so ago now, he pitched in the Sox-Yankee scout team game versus the Cape Cod Leaguers, which is a tough thing to go against. Obviously, you're a high school pitcher that hasn't pitched against any college baseball players yet, and you have to pitch against the Cape Leaguers. He started in that game for the Sox-Yankee scout team. It was very impressive. And he did say after the game, though, did grow up a Red Sox fan, so he said after the game that he tried not to look down at himself in his uniform since he is a Red Sox fan. He tried not to look down at himself in that game since he was on the Yankees uh, scout team, obviously, there. So that's obviously tough to see uh, considering he did grow up, you know, right around the area as a Red Sox fan. Probably doesn't want to go to the Yankees, but I have them taking him here with the 26th overall pick. With the 27th overall selection, I have Jacob Gonzalez, a six foot two, 200 pound, 21 year old shortstop from Mississippi. He went to Ole Miss. I have him going to the Philadelphia Phillies with the 27th overall selection. He helped Ole Miss win the College World Series in 2022. Gonzalez could make the move to second or third base due to his lack of speed. Solid power, though. He hit 10 home runs with 51 RBIs, 18 doubles, and 28 strikeouts to 35 walks this past season with a 327 batting average and a 999 OPS. In his career for Ole Miss, 40 home runs in three years with a 319 batting average and a 988 OPS. With the 28th overall pick, I have the Houston Astros taking Chase Davis, a 21-year-old outfielder, 6'1", 216-pound outfielder from Arizona. Raw power can go opposite field very easily. Can miss outside the zone, though, and swing and miss there, so that's one thing he'll have to work on. 21 home runs, 74 RBIs, with 40 strikeouts to 43 walks this past season for Arizona, with a 362 batting average and a 742 slugging percentage. He also has a 1231 OPS this past season for Arizona. In his last two years for Arizona, he had 49 total home runs. He also played in the Cape League this past summer, last year, where he hit only 212 in 15 games for Wareham last summer in the 2022 Cape Cod Baseball League. So now that's the end of the regular first round. So those are the top 28 picks. And now there's, it is an addition to the first round, starting with the Seattle Mariners, who have the 29th overall pick. And this comes from MLB.com. They got this 29th overall pick since they had a player that was rated as a preseason top 100 prospect by MLB Pipeline, Baseball, America, and or ESPN. At least two of the three have to have a player as a top 100 prospect. And they have to make the team's opening day roster and go on to win the Rookie of the Year award. The club then is given a prospect promotion incentive pick after the first round. Which in this year's draft, the Seattle Mariners get the 29th overall pick due to Julio Rodriguez winning the AL Rookie of the Year award last year. So with this 29th overall pick of the Seattle Mariners taking Colt Emerson, a six foot one 195 pound high school shortstop who is 17 years old from Glen, Ohio. He played third base for Team USA this past summer, but he did play shortstop in high school. Great exit velocity off his bat. Could be a 20 plus home run bat at the next level. One of the youngest prospects in this year's draft, just 17 years old, as I said. He had 446 as a batting average in his senior year of high school with eight home runs, 25 RBIs, 12 doubles, and a 1013 slugging percentage with a 1608 OPS. In two years total, this past couple of years, he had 13 home runs with a 453 batting average and a 1512 OPS. He would be a great selection by Seattle. Now with the 30th overall pick. It is the Seattle Mariners yet again, and this is the start of the competitive balance round A part of the draft, and this comes from MLB.com yet again. And they state on MLB.com that the teams that are picking in the competitive balance round A part of the draft are teams that either have one of the 10 smallest markets in baseball or one of the 10 smallest revenue pools. They receive an additional pick at the end of the first round or second round. The groups of teams alternate between two rounds each year. So between the first round and the second round, the groups of those teams alternate between the first two rounds each year. Competitive balance picks may be traded and are not subject to forfeiture. So teams can't ultimately throw these in trades if they want to. So the third overall pick it is Seattle Mariners. And I have them taking Jack Hurley, a 21-year-old outfielder from Virginia Tech, who stands at six foot, 185 pounds. He's a 5'2 talent, center fielder at Virginia Tech. Plus speed, good bat to ball ability as well. He hit 286 as a batting average in six games for Bourne last summer. As a junior this past year for Virginia Tech, he had 17 home runs with 49 runs batted in, a 320 batting average, a 714 slugging percentage, and an 1128 OPS. With the 31st overall pick, it is a Tampa Bay Rays, and I have them taking Walker Martin, a 6'2", 188-pound shortstop who is 19 years old and is from Eaton, Colorado. 
He was very impressive at the MLB Combine a few weeks ago, and that would definitely help his draft stock. He's a very good athlete. He did play quarterback in high school. His elite power and pop off his bat at the plate. In his senior year of high school, he had a 633 batting average with 20 home runs, four triples, 78 RBIs, and a 1632 slugging percentage and a 2355 OPS. All of those stats are ridiculous. 20 home runs as a senior in high school. He also had 33 walks in just six strikeouts. He had 33 total home runs in three years with a 1930 career OPS in high school. And also, as I mentioned, did play quarterback in high school as well. So he's a good athlete all around. With the 32nd overall pick, I have the New York Mets taking Joe Whitman, a six foot five, 200-pound, 21-year-old left-handed pitcher from Kent State. The Mets are looking for collegiate arms, according to reports. He was a MAC Pitcher of the Year. He did transfer from Purdue after getting limited playing time with them. He has a fastball that stands around 91 to 94, does get up to 96 miles an hour, also a slider in the lower 80s. He had a 1.59 ERA in two games last year for Katuit. During this summer, he has pitched in five innings in the Cape League, where he gave up just two hits in those five innings with nine strikeouts. As I said, the Mets are looking for arms that can help them right now, maybe at the major league level. And Whitman would be definitely a good prospect to look at if I were the Mets. He had 100 strikeouts and 81 innings pitched for Kent State with a 2.56 ERA and a 9-2 record overall on the mound. Next up is the 33rd overall pick, and that is Milwaukee Brewers, who I've taken Cameron Johnson he is a six foot five, two hundred forty pound left-handed pitcher from IMG Academy. He has a fastball that sits around ninety five to ninety six miles an hour. Also, a very dangerous slider as well. He had forty three strikeouts to twelve walks, with just three earned runs in twenty seven innings pitched for IMG this past year, with a six and zero record and a .78 ERA, giving up just a .082 opponent batting average against them, which is very, very impressive. With the 34th overall pick, I have the Minnesota Twins taking Charlie Soto, a 17-year-old, 6'5", 210-pound right-handed pitcher from Reborn Christian High School in Florida. He can get up to 100 miles an hour on the mound. His fastball sits around 98 miles an hour, but he can get up to 100. He's a very good and hard slider as well that definitely gets guys swinging and missing. With the 35th overall pick, I have the Miami Marlins taking Jake Geloff, a 21-year-old, 6'1", 195-pound third baseman from the University of Virginia. Heavy pop off his bat. He also did break the University of Virginia home run single-season record this past season. He's a 60 out of 80 power grade, so obviously a very good power bat. He did play for Harwich last year in the Cape League, and in just eight games, he hit .087. Did struggle in eight games in Harwich, but this past year at Virginia... He was great at the plate with 23 home runs. As I said, did break the single season record with 90 runs batted in and a 321 batting average. He also had 21 home runs as a sophomore. So multiple 20 home run seasons there at UVA for Geloff with a 36th overall pick. I have the LA Dodgers taking Blake Walters, a six foot four, 210 pound right-handed pitcher who is 18 years old. From Mohammed Seymour High School in Illinois, he has a fastball that sits 94 to 96 miles an hour, does get up to 99. Elite slider, not really an effective changeup though, that's something he'll have to work on at the next level. He was a Gatorade State Player of the Year in Illinois. He had a .43 ERA on the mound with 106 strikeouts and 48 two-thirds innings pitched with a 7-1 record, giving up just 13 hits and 14 walks in those 48 two-thirds innings pitched. Also did hit very well at the high school level, a .440 batting average this past season with 9 home runs and 39 RBIs. Next up is the Detroit Tigers with the 37th overall pick. I have them taking Cooper Pratt, an 18-year-old high school shortstop from Magnolia Heights, Missouri. He is a prospect that they are comparing a lot to Gunnar Henderson in the draft. Gunnar Henderson did go 42nd overall in 2019. This would be with the 37th overall pick Pratt would be going, so very similar range in the draft. Pratt was very effective on the mound as well. Did pitch in high school where he had a .14 ERA and a 10-0 record on the mound with 18 hits allowed, 8 walks, and 49 innings pitched, and 66 strikeouts in those 49 innings on the mound this past season in high school ball. He's a very good defender, plus arm and plus fielder as well. Could be a great prospect for a team to pick up. He hit 469 as a batting average this past season with four home runs, 50 RBIs, and 38 stolen bases. An all-around talent is Pratt. 
With the 38th overall pick, it is the Cincinnati Reds, either taking Cole Shane Weta, who is 18 years old, a right-handed pitcher from San Marcos, California. He's a University of California Santa Barbara commit. He's 6'3", 190 pounds, had a .91 ERA and a 6-1 record with 108 strikeouts and 61 and two-thirds innings pitched as a senior. His fastball sits 92 to 94 miles an hour. Also has great depth on his changeup, and he had a 284 batting average as a hitter, but I think he'll just be a pitcher at the next level. And with the 39th overall pick, rounding out the competitive balance round, I have the Oakland Athletics taking Mitch Jeb, a shortstop from Michigan State, who is six foot one, 185 pounds, and is 21 years old. Jeb was very good in the Cape Cod Baseball League last summer. He was actually second in the Cape Cod Baseball League in batting average, hitting 356 last year. Was also second in OPS with a 919 OPS. Second in stolen bases with 26 stolen bases. Second in hits with 53. And also had 22 RBIs as well. Doesn't have the best arm, so I don't think he'll be a shortstop at the next level. Maybe will be a second baseman. He had a 60 out of hit grade, according to prospects, with a 65 out of 80 run grade. Overall, this past season for Michigan State, he had a 337 batting average with 36 runs batted in, a 933 OPS with 14 stolen bases. So now I'm going to break down some hidden gems in the second round, starting off with Mitch Jeb. If Mitch Jeb falls to the second round, he'd be a great steal for a team if he does fall to the second round. As I did mention, the second round will be tomorrow as well, along with the first round. So I'll name another prospect that could be a second-round gem, and that is Cade Keeler, a 21-year-old right-handed pitcher from Campbell University. He is six foot, 215 pounds. He has a fastball that sits 93 to 95 miles an hour, does get up to 98 with that fastball. Very strong cutter and a nice changeup as well. He had 6.2 shutout innings pitched for Brewster last summer. Last year for Campbell, he had a 2.71 ERA with 91 strikeouts to 26 walks in 73 innings pitched. I think he'd be a great round two gem. Another round two gem I have is Gino Groover, a third baseman from NC State, who stands at 6'2", 212 pounds. He's 21 years old. He's a 60 out of 80 hit grade. He was a first baseman for his first two seasons at NC State before transitioning over to third base in his third year. Not really speedy. Probably stays as a corner infielder at the next level. Maybe even a left fielder. Maybe we'll see what happens there. One of my favorite plays in the draft, I think he's a future star at the next level. I saw him play against BC, even broadcasted a game. When BC played NC State this past season, and Gino Groover brings a lot of energy and heavy enthusiasm to the lineup. I think he's going to be a very good player at the next level. Last year, he did struggle with Howich, though, in the Cape Cod Baseball League, hitting just 222. But this past season for NC State, he had a 332 batting average with a 976 OPS, 13 home runs, 50 RBIs, with 26 strikeouts to 36 walks. So he walked 10 more times than he struck out. In three years at NC State, he totaled 27 home runs with a 349 batting average and a 957 OPS. Next up is Alex Mooney, a 21 year old shortstop from Duke. He is 6'1, 195 pounds. Yet again, another guy that I brought broadcasted a game for when BC played Duke this past season. I was very impressed with what I saw from him, just like Groover. Mooney has a 55 out of 80 grade in run and also 55 out of 80 grade in his arm strength. He had a great summer last year on the Cape. For Falmouth, he had 261 as a batting average with five home runs and 14 stone bases. He could be a second or third round talent. Only a sophomore, so he could go back to Duke. He had eight home runs, 38 RBIs, 21 stolen bases, and a 315 batting average and a 938 OPS this past year for the Duke Blue Devils. Next up is Caden Grice, a first baseman slash right-handed pitcher for Clemson, who is 21 years old, standing at six foot six, 250 pounds. He's a 60 out of 80 grade in power and arm strength. He throws 95 miles per hour off the mound with a high 70s slider as well. He had 18 home runs with 68 RBIs and a 307 batting average past season with a 618 slugging percentage and a 1029 OPS for Clemson. He played two years for Chatham on the Cape with four home runs last summer. He also had a .84 ERA in four games for Chatham last year with 13 strikeouts and 10 and two-thirds innings pitched. As a junior this past year for Clemson on the mound, he had 101 strikeouts and 78 innings pitched with a 3.35 ERA. Will be a very good player at the next level, even if he chooses just to be a one-way player rather than a two-way player. He'll be good either way. Some guys do end up being a one-way player at the next level just to focus on one of their abilities, and it might help them make it to the major leagues at a quicker rate. Next up is Will Gasparino, an 18-year-old, 6'6", 205-pound outfielder from Harvard-Westlake High School in California. He has an elite power bat. 
and goes to the same high school that Lucas Giolito, Max Fried, and Jack Flaherty went to. He's also the son of Dodgers scouting director, so maybe the Dodgers maybe try to get him somewhere in the second round. The next prospect I'm going to talk about is Steven Echevarria, who is 6'1", 180 pounds, 18-year-old right-handed pitcher from Milburn, New Jersey. He has a 55 out of 80 fastball grade. He gets up to 96 miles an hour consistently with his fastball tops out at 98. Has a 92-mile-an-hour two-seam fastball as well. Has a decent changeup. Also is good at the plate. Five home runs and a 321 batting average this past season at the plate. With a .42 ERA on the mound, an 8-1 record with 80 strikeouts to 14 walks with just three earned runs and 50 innings pitched. Very impressive numbers there overall for Echevarria. I think he'll be a day two stale. And the last guy I'm going to mention is Travis Honeyman, who is an outfielder for the Boston College Eagles. I got to watch a lot of his games, got to broadcast a handful of his games as well this past year at BC. He stands at six foot two, 190 pounds, is an outfielder, as I mentioned, from BC, 21 years old. He's going to probably go mid-second round to late second round, early third round in my eyes. I'd say probably the late second to early third round. He has a 55 out of 80 run grade, a 50 out of 80 power grade, great athleticism. He had four home runs last year in the Cape for Orleans, was injured and missed the end of the season for BC, unfortunately, wasn't there for them in the college baseball tournament. Definitely would have been an upgrade for them. It definitely would have helped them out on the field and offensively. Very talented player. He had six home runs with 30 RBIs this past season for BC with 10 stolen bases, a 304 batting average in a 917 OPS. Honeyman will be another guy drafted out of BC in the top three rounds. They've had a handful of them over the last couple of seasons. So Honeyman, yet again, will be another guy that gets himself drafted in this year's draft. And then one other guy I want to mention is Joe Vitrano from BC. He's getting projected around three through six in this year's draft. Very good power bet out of BC. Got to see a lot of his games. He really heated up in the college baseball tournament. And was one of the hottest batters in the country in the college baseball tournament. He'll get himself drafted. I saw a lot of projections around rounds three through six. In my eyes, I think it'll be around late to mid, I'd say mid to late fourth round is where I'd imagine he'll go. Very good power bat and definitely will be a guy that a lot of teams had their eye on since he was so successful at the end of the season for BC. Honeyman and Vitrano were a big reason BC got to where they got to this season after a very successful year for the Boston College Eagles. They actually did just lose their head coach in Mike Gambino was with the program for a while. I want to mention this in an episode didn't end up getting to this past week unfortunately. Mike Gambino will be moving on from BC. He got poached by the Penn State Athletics Department. BC's former athletic director, Pat Kraft, is now the AD at Penn State, and he'll be taking Mike Gambino from BC Baseball. Gambino's with BC for 13 seasons, even led BC to their first ever regional championship in 2016, where they were just one series away from the College World Series, which was their first time doing so since 1967. Almost did it. That would have been the first time since 1967 when they did it in 2016. Did lead them to a very successful season this year where they were ranked the highest ever in program history. Unfortunately, he'll be moving on from the program. And also two assistant coaches will be moving on from BC's program as well. So they have some guys they have to fill in in their coaching staff in the next few weeks, probably the next few months as well. They'll be looking over the summer for guys to take over. I think Mike Gambino definitely is a possibility from Northeastern. I think he'll be the top guy that they want. And credit to Glavin and what he's done at Northeastern over the past couple seasons. He's really, really turned the program around ever since stepping in there. I think this was his 10th season this past year. And he also got Northeastern to be the highest ranked ever in program history that they were ever ranked, which is very impressive. So hopefully he stays at Northeastern, considering I'm a big Northeastern fan. But I'd love to see him at BC as well. He deserves the praise and obviously deserves a higher payday as well. So we'll see what happens. I think he'll be BC's number one prospect. Anyways, that will conclude this episode. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. As always, I appreciate it and hope you guys have a good weekend. Enjoy your weekend. Have a good one. And just one last reminder, the MLB Draft rounds one and two will start tomorrow night at seven o'clock on ESPN and MLB Network. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed it and have a good one.